Welcome to the Female Millennial Entrepreneur Podcast, the show by and for female millennial entrepreneurs who are building and running thriving, successful businesses while living life to the fullest. I'm your host, Alessandra Polina. This episode is sponsored by my very own DIY PR course, Make Your Brand Magnetic. It walks you through everything you need to know and do to get your brand featured in the media and therefore to get your brand in front of that wider audience in a way that will draw them in and make them want to seek you out to see what you have to offer. If you feel like you're sick of chasing down clients or customers and want for them to instead read about or hear about you and choose to come to you when they're ready to take part in what you have to offer, this course is for you. I created this for all the people who come to me for PR advice, but don't feel like they have the money to hire a firm like mine yet. If you've heard any episodes of this podcast, you've heard me talking about how any of you business owners can do your own PR. It's just a matter of having a guide and knowing exactly what to do when. So if you're not quite to the outsourcing stage, but no PR is something you need in order to grow your business, check this out today. Listeners of the podcast can get 20% off with code FME. So it's a no brainer investment in your biz. You'll find the course on my website, polinapr.com, P-O-L-L-I-N-A-P-R.com. Now on to the show. I'm here today with Chelsea Mars and Rob Gran, co-founders of Royal Horizon Media and also the influencer behind Chowdown USA, an Instagram account. And yes, you heard me right, Rob Gran. We have our first ever man on the show today, but I think you guys are going to love hearing about how these two started this company, which is totally applicable to everyone who listens to this show, whether you are a brand and work with influencers or whether you maybe are an influencer or have thought you might want to be. So I can't wait for you guys to hear from this team. Thank you so much for being on today, you guys. Thank you so much for having us. Yeah, thank you. And hopefully uh, you found some more male co-founders to join your your podcast. Well, hopefully you'll inspire people and now they'll see they can be on here. So they'll (laughs) want to come talk to us. Thank you so much. So I always want to start by asking about how your business started. Um, And I know that Royal Horizon Media is fairly new. So I want to start there. Can you tell us about where the inspiration for that came from and like how you've gotten that going in the last, whatever it's been, last couple months or so? Yeah, it's super new. It just started in the last month officially. And it kind of started with my Instagram I had kind of built this big brand and I felt stuck and I wasn't sure kind of how to get it out of that or to leverage it properly. And I started working with Rob, who was kind of managing that and helping me kind of move to the next step. Um, And I think we kind of just realized that a lot of people could use that management on the influencer side. And then from there, we kind of realized that there's a big need for like pairing influencers with brands and also social media consulting. And so it just kind of snowballed into this media group that it seems like there's a really big need for in the industry right now. Cool. I love that you took something that you basically needed yourself and then realized everyone else is going to need it too. Yeah, exactly. Like it was something that I would like talk to, you know, my friends who are influencers at events or even like at brunch and like you know, how do we get past this, like feeling stuck in this one place? And what do we need to do that? And Rob isn't an influencer. So he had that really good outside perspective. He's like business savvy and an attorney and all of that. So he has, he has a good perspective to bring to it. So it was like a really interesting pairing. So what are kind of like the main offerings of Royal Horizon Media? Like what are the main one or two things that like people are going to be coming to you for? Um, So the biggest thing that we do is we pair influencers and brands together. And there's a couple companies out there that do that. Um, The difference with us is that we actually have those personal relationships with the influencers because I have been an influencer myself for the past, you know, seven years. And I know a lot of the players in the game in Boston and in back in California. Um, I'm from San Francisco and LA originally. And so we kind of have a network that caters to the influencers as well as the brands. And most places don't do that. We also offer social media consulting for people who are just starting and want to learn how to get their blog or their social off the ground and kind of have that big following and engagement and create their own community. And then the third thing we do is the management side. Yep. So the management, similar to how it's helping Chelsea, 
mainly one of the biggest things is contract review coming from, that's my background as an attorney. So that really helps uh, streamline the process with contract review. And I've actually created contracts that Chelsea's now used with different brands. Um, everything from just rate consulting and general business consulting. Like as Chelsea said, I'm not an influencer, so it's a kind of an outside perspective, but it's the same thing as almost any other business to try and scale up. You just have to look where, where you're not focusing and see where your efforts are best placed. And a lot of people get kind of tunnel vision, especially when you start doing this for so long, especially they're so focused on the picture itself, the social media account, they're, they start to miss other bigger bigger picture aspects of being an influencer. Yeah, like so, like what, like what kind of things are those that you help keep an eye on for them? Um, just more easy, like easier brand collaborations and uh, events to attend. A lot of people will just try and go to an event or just show up without trying to get more out of it. Yeah, to optimize everything you're doing, basically, so you're getting the most out of out of anything that you're doing that's related to the account or your your projects. Yeah, and a lot, a lot of people will just be there, and they'll obviously they'll be taking the the pictures and stuff, but they'll sometimes like if you're so focused on the pictures, you'll miss that networking opportunity there, or maybe there was a different uh, like company that's going to be there you could have reached out to before and gotten a second second gig there as well. Oh yeah. Good point. I feel like the contract is, that's probably huge because like most of us going into it and I say, us, I'm not, I'm not one of these people, but like, I imagine if I were to start an account and, and try to do this, like that would just be something like, I just mean like most regular people have no idea right? what a contract should look like, what should be in it, how to know if it's good. And we, and you'd probably be like, Oh my gosh, they want to, pay me to do this. I got a gig. Like they said, this is great. And just want to sign it and and have it be like a a done deal. Yeah. And I think that was the biggest thing that we worked on with the management with me and him initially was that that exact thing would happen. I'd be so excited to work with this big brand um, or to be getting this like big lump sum. Um, And he would look at the contract and be like, you can't sign this. Like, this is awful. This you're not protected in this at all. And luckily, since he's an attorney, he can like redline it and send it back to their legal team and like get on the phone with them and be like, oh, why is this like this? It should be like this instead. And that's something that most influencers don't know because we don't come from the business side, a lot of us. And this is kind of like we've kind of stumbled upon it and we don't even know what to ask for or what to look for. Right. And I've also heard of it going both ways though. The whole thing is so new, really, when you think about it. Like even brands don't really know mm-hmm. how other brands are doing it or really what makes the most sense or what really like works for like or even what they should be asking for or saying they need to. So right. do you work with like all different size brands? Cause now I'm thinking like some people who like people who are listening to this episode, some probably do consider or would like to consider themselves influencers, but definitely a lot of us are more like on the brand side of things, like people who own a business and want to reach out to influencers or do some of this stuff. Like how do you get involved, I guess, from both sides of it with, with like Royal Horizon Media or like, like get to have you guys help with this stuff? Yeah, totally. I think we definitely work with brands of all sizes. I did as an influencer and now we do as a media company um, so we've worked with everyone from Anheuser-Busch to small boutiques and, you know, food brands and things like that and local companies as well. Um, so like we're working with Newberry Street and some local places like that. So, you know, influencers, the sort of interesting thing about them is that there is no limit to it. And it's just like any other form of advertising that anyone can use it. It's just a way to get the word out. And it's kind of like the voice next door of like, your girlfriend telling you where you should go eat brunch or what, where she got her shoes instead of a big billboard of some model you've never seen before, you know? So I think people really relate to that these days. Um, They don't want to be sold to. They're smart. They want someone who they trust. um, And that's kind of where the influencer comes in. And I think every brand can see like why that's valuable to leverage. So that's what we kind of help make a little more simple for that whole process. And since we have worked with brands of different sizes and everything, we've seen a lot of different contracts come through and we've seen kind of what the norm is, even though it is such a a new industry, there are certain things that make sense for both the brands and influencers, I think. Yeah. Can you 
give us like one or two examples or little tips here for people who like, I guess maybe for, well, for either one, like what would be like one or two tips of things to like keep in mind for a brand looking to work with influencers or for an influencer looking to get involved with brands for the first time? Like, are there a couple of things that you kind of say, like, these are things to look out for or things to keep in mind, obviously without, without giving away everything that you would do for your service <laughs> if someone was to hire <laughs> yeah. just to give us a little like advice here today for oh, people yeah. thinking about it. Yeah. Well, I think I can touch on as an influencer, um, working, like deciding which brand to work with. I think it's really important that you feel like you're not being taken advantage of. Um, so sometimes, you know, you don't want to work with the brand that comes to you and says, we want you to do 10 posts and, you know, a full blog and attend this event and get nothing in return sort of thing. Mm -hmm. Um, especially once you've built up your portfolio so I think it's it's coming to the influencer with that respect of what their time and their years, you know, in the industry and all of that are worth is really important. Um, and also just creating that personal relationship. Um, sometimes I get emails that are like, hello, dear, you know, or hello, chow down USA, that they've yeah. clearly not even done the research to like find my name. And it's like, oh, you're probably not going to be top of my list of like people to really create that relationship with. But the brands that really go above and beyond and say, hey, you know, hey, Chelsea, like I've seen your recent post on Tulum that looked so fun. Um, you know, do you want to hop on a call? And then they just make it that much more personal. And I feel like I, I want to help them and go above and beyond for brands like that. Yeah, that totally makes sense. I mean, you want to work with people who are like nice and like real people and yeah. who actually care that it's you and didn't just like go for a top 10 list or something and, exactly. and reach out to everybody. That that definitely makes sense. Right. And then I think Rob can speak to the brand side. Yeah. So it's it's similar for the brands. They want to look for people who are, it's going to be an authentic post. So if someone has, say they're always posting about athletic wear and athletic shoes, it doesn't really make much sense to go with them if you're a high heel company to go ask them to do a post for it because that's not really what their brand is and they might not be as excited about it versus if you were, say, giving them a running shoe. They're going to be really excited They, if they're always wearing your brand anyways. That's a good partnership. Mm-hmm. And also another thing is uh, a lot of brands have complained to us that they've had, like, they've had bad experiences working with influencers in the past and mm-hmm. usually that stems from them really not knowing what influencer marketing is and just trying to guess at it. And the same thing you get what you pay for. If you're trying to make someone do, like Chelsea said, if you're trying to have them do three or four posts and you're going to pay them $20 for it, you're not going to get any of the top end influencers that they're looking for. So you can't just go searching for someone with a hundred thousand followers. If you're going to pay them nothing, usually unless they, obviously have the connection with the brand and they really want to work with you. Yeah. So I feel like the bottom line with all of this, like across influencers and brands is to like set those expectations with each other and your goals for both sides are outlined really clearly. um, And that you have, you know, you say what your budget is or what product you can provide and things like that and what influencer you're trying to get and what your goals are. Is it brand awareness? Is it sales? Is it, you know, getting the word out about a new product launch, things like that are also important to discuss in the big, the very beginning and like see what you can do with what they have to offer. Yeah, totally. I was just thinking, I was going to say, do you feel like it's, there's a lot of education that has to come into it probably from your end, because people like, I imagine brands are like, well, we want to partner with like these influencers and make sure we're going to get like a hundred sales from this post or something like that. And then Mm -hmm. I feel like from a marketing standpoint, you have to be like, well, you're not necessarily going to get sales immediately afterwards, all from like that one post, like at all, like there must be some kind of education that has to go into it and be like, people, people just don't always understand how things like that work, I think. And like, you know, a lot of it is brand awareness and building up these strategic partnerships that are going to result in sales, hopefully over time and building up your brand reputation and things like that. Exactly. That's exactly right. And I think especially coming from someone who hasn't done influencer marketing before, if there's a brand like that, there is so much education that we bring to the table. And like you just said, let them know how it works. Um, Like marketing 101, a lot of people have to see that ad 
you know, at least three times before they make a purchase decision on that product. And so that's something that we really try to impress onto our brands as well. Like, you know, one solitary post won't do as well as creating a long lasting relationship with an influencer over time. Um, So people can know that that person really uses that product, they trust in that product. And then that creates that brand awareness that then can result in sales down the line for sure. Yeah. I think that's really important because I I see people like I see again, both sides of this, like, you know, whether it's in Facebook groups with other business owners or like social media focused places, like I see people just asking these questions all the time or like posting things like that just show that they don't understand, but they're trying to like take part in these things. Yeah. And that's a great way to look at it. Like they're trying to understand it and they just need that education behind it. Um, And I think once everyone has the right expectations set, then they will be a lot happier. The influencer will be happier with what's expected of them. And the brand will be happier with the results that they get because they'll be able to leverage the influencer in the right way. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. It's a lot. Yeah. Setting expectations. So key in everything, right? (laughs) Like in life. Yeah. Can we back up? I want to ask like a little, like, I want some details about how you guys have gone about actually starting this business together. And like, what was your background with each other before? Have you ever worked together in the past? I know, obviously, Rob was helping you with working out a lot of these things for for your influencer kind of business. But um, what has that looked like? Just like the actual like logistics of starting a business together? Yeah, I think it's been a learning curve. I think it's a really good balance because I'm very much like, oh, let's let's strategize every little thing and like write down every bullet point for everything we do. And he's very much like, let's just get started. Like, let's just like start the website and we'll figure it out as we go. So I feel like the logistics have been, it's like a good balance between organizing, but not doing that too long before you start actually taking action. Yeah. It's been uh, crazy fast because obviously Chelsea's built up the the following and connections over seven years. So it kind of gave us a pretty big head start, especially being based here in Boston. So like the first, I think, four days after we filed our official company paperwork, um, we were at like five different events. So that was yeah. a, <laughs> the that first was week. A, is... <laughs> a, that was a big thing, especially for me who doesn't go yeah. to be who normally wouldn't be at these influencer networking events. Then all of a sudden, I'm two days later. I have a press pass to go to to an expo. So that was a, a big big shift for me and like really cool and just. But it's taking off so so fast. So it's yeah, it's exciting been a and, and uh, a little stressful. <laughs> yeah, I imagine now now Chelsea's like this is why I wanted to plan everything out <laughs> before. <Yeah. laughs> Exactly. I don't know. Like it's all good things, you know. Um, but it definitely is a whirlwind. I don't think either of us thought it would pick up as fast as it did. That's um, so it's just like catching up with that um, and making sure, like we said, all those expectations are set with the brands and influencers we're working with. And but it's it's really cool. And like I said, a lot of these people, especially in Boston, are my friends. So it's cool to be able to you know bring them onto these gigs and have them be treated fairly as influencers, I think that's really important in the community right now. That's a big pain point. So I think that's something that we're helping to solve. Yeah, definitely. That seems really important. Um, mm-hmm. What about like, how have you guys broken down kind of like the day-to-day tasks of the business? Like, do you have set like job descriptions? Like, you know, Rob does this, Chelsea does that or th- things like that. Or are you kind of just like go into everything collaboratively and figure it all out together? Yeah, I feel like most of it is very collaborative. I feel like the social media consulting side is obviously more my wheelhouse. And then the management side, he's great at that with his kind of business acumen. Mm -hmm. Um, And we're both really big on the network. Um, And those are the three main silos that we're in. And then as for just like day-to-day stuff, it's very collaborative. We'll be like working on the website. I'll be working on one page and he'll be doing another page or he'll be, you know, working on LLC paperwork and I'll be like looking at, business card designs and things like that. So it's just been, it's definitely been collaborative and just doing things as quickly and as well as possible. <laughs> and it's still going well so far. Still, the partnership is still working so far. So that's a good yeah, So far, so good. <laughs> Rob, have you been around for all of Chelsea's like seven years working on Chowdown USA? Like, have you kind of seen that all along or did you come into the picture later on and, and have like 
you know, kind of had to get used to her already, like be doing all of that stuff. I was much later on. It was, we met less than a year ago. Oh, you guys met less than a year ago and you started a business together. Yes. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, that was the, the main thing. And then seeing once I saw what she was doing and started helping her through the management process, um, obviously I realized the potential that she had there with what she's built up and just help her stay focused and positive on that. And then also we realized how much it could help everyone else, especially with the big connection she has in the area. So just starting the business made sense. Yeah. Wow. I didn't realize, I assumed you guys had known each other for a long time for some reason, just going into a business together. That's awesome. We collaborate so well. Yeah. That, it sounds like it. I just assumed you guys had known each other forever. So <laughs> that's cool. That's great to find someone like that, that you can like go into a big dream on together, I think. Yeah. And I think that's been like the main kind of theme through all of this is like, he has his dreams he wants to follow and I have mine and it's, it's about making that happen and about making it happen for everyone else. Um, and I think that's what a lot of, not just bloggers or influencers, but every entrepreneur can kind of relate to that. Like that's why we do what we do, (laughs) I think. And I, I think it's just about like helping each other get there. Yeah. I love that. That's great. Do you guys, do you think you imagine having to expand your team sometime soon or in the future, or are you going to try to keep it to be mostly you guys? Yeah, I think we like have to, we're already like starting to like bring on other people um, for the social media consulting side and stuff like that. So just as our, as we scale, I think we're going to have to. Yeah. You need more people to just do the day to day, like as you bring on more clients, I imagine. Exactly. Yeah. So tell like, how would people, if, if it's an influencer either in Boston or not, yeah. who's interested in getting like their first brand partnership or they've never done this before. They've maybe started getting their feet wet, but they're not sure if they're doing it right or not sure how to get bigger ones. Like how would they come to you and like get started? Yeah. So actually on our website, we have an influencer network form that they can fill out and then that puts them into our database and it kind of just says like, where are you located? And like what's your handle and what your followers are and stuff like that. And so that's a really easy way for us to then pair them with gigs when we get them from brands. Oh, so they just sign up just like that right on the website and then they're part of your network. Oh, that's so easy. Yeah. That way we don't have to like fish through Instagram to go find people. Yeah, no, that totally makes sense. So they, you can just sign right up guys. Is there like a minimum of like minimum followers or anything like that, or a minimum time that you've had your Instagram account or anything like that to be like a, qualifying influencer um it's not so much for joining the network where we'd have a minimum it's more what the brands would be looking for because part of our business caters to helping those grow their grow their own brand personally so it's if someone was wanting to be an influencer and they're putting the work and they come to us for the social media consulting help and the management help we're going to then help them get to the point where they can start going to these bigger brands like chelsea works with so it's more of at the start, if they're the lower lower end follower count, just starting out on Instagram, but they're making progress and they need help, it's more, that's where it comes to, they come to us and we work with them to get the help, get them bigger and help get move their dreams along. Yeah. So you can literally help any, anybody who comes to you. <laughs> You've got yeah, that's what we're trying to do. Like if you're a beginner or if you're already established, like we've done all of that ourselves yeah so can I ask like in terms of the money stuff or like for sponsorships like what do some of the brands that you're that you're going to be working with like what are they going to offer like so I know as somebody who you know for somebody who has not ever been an influencer but you see you know you can tell when somebody's an influencer and they're going on trips or staying at a hotel or going out to a restaurant or you know using a certain product like is that how does what does that look like from the back end? Like, is that they're getting those things all for free? Are they getting those things for free and getting a check on top of that for their time? Like, how do what do those kind of look like sometimes? If you have any actual examples you can share or kind of more generally, like whatever it is. Yeah, so it's obviously going to um, be different for every collaboration and for every influencer and brand. There are campaigns that go out where it's product review only or 
it's only in trade for product. And usually that's only done by influencers who are first starting out and who are trying to build up their portfolio. For bigger influencers, sometimes they'll do that. If it was like, you know, a jacket or a shoe or something like that, or a bag that they would have bought on their own anyway, and it's from a big brand, then they'll accept it. Mm -hmm. Um, Otherwise, if you are quite an established influencer, you know, with years of experience and a big engaged following, it's usually you'll get the product, you'll get a check on top of that. For those press trips, a lot of the times it's a comp total. And depending on the influencer, you could get a check on top of that as well. Um, Or it can be a comp, you know, heirloom airline flight or a comp activity from a tourism board, things like that. Mm -hmm. But yeah, a lot of these campaigns are paid and a lot of people are a full-time blogger from it. And there, again, that's not only from the brand campaigns and there's a lot of different revenue streams that you can create from it. And that's part of what the management side helps you create for those who do want to go full-time. But it does just depend a lot on where you're at and what you're looking for on both sides as an influencer or a brand. Oh, so that's a good point. Maybe we should touch on like, is there, is that something you guys would help with? Like, let's look at what other revenue streams you can kind of create from this and how to go about that. Yeah. That's been a big thing. That was part of like, when I first started working with Rob, I was like, I was only getting pretty much revenue from the brand collaborations I was doing. And I knew that there was a lot of other stuff and I had put it on this long list that I had never touched before. And he was kind of like, well, let's start doing those and like, you know, getting out presets for people that have been asking me how I've been editing my photos. And, and for those who don't know, the preset is like a, an edit to your photos on Lightroom that you can just click, do one click, and then all of your photos look consistent and pretty. And people sell those, especially influencers. Um, That's one example of another revenue stream that you can have that's passive income once you set it up on a, you know, like a Shopify account or something like that. Oh, yeah. Good point. Yeah, yeah. So there are ways you can just be like, I'm ready to take this full time. Like, let's kind of pull out all the stops and and up all these different things and and really maximize. I think that's kind of like the word of the day is like how to maximize all these things that you can do so that you can make as much from it as possible. Yeah. And you have to really want it to get there. And I think that's a big part of being an influencer and entrepreneur in general, too, is like, that's part of what the management side helps with. And even the networking, the influencer network is that if you are really trying to follow your dreams and you're trying to like get back to why you originally started this, that's your big motivation to actually take action on those things. Yeah. I mean, it takes time, right? I see a lot of people who are like, Oh, I really think I want to be an influencer. Yeah. <laughs> like, but I don't know how to start and I don't know what to do. And like, is it going to yeah. take a lot of money to get started? Cause you know, right. like, well, I have to like do all these amazing, cool things at first to get, you know, to get pictures right. of cool stuff to put on my account. And right. And it's like, why are you doing that too? Like, what is your goal? Are you just doing it to be a famous like influencer model? Cause that's not going to get you very far. Right. Like, I think that is like, people just want to say they're an influencer a lot of times. They're like, exactly. Yeah. So it's like if if you have the a goal to like solve a pain point for someone or to, you know, help other people in some way or to be this inspo for one niche or another, that's going to get you a lot farther. And that's going to keep you on track to kind of follow your own goals and to get other people inspired by you. Yeah. So the same thing as being any any entrepreneur, really, if you're getting into it for just fame and fortune without really a real goal, it's likely not going to work out exactly how you plan. You've got to have a solid plan and something like a passion that's driving you to keep doing it because it's just, if you just want it, Oh, I just want to travel to these 10 countries this year. That's like someone, this influencer went to and get paid for it. That's not really a realistic thing to start off with when you're comparing someone that has 150,000 followers and you have, you just started your account and you're like, I want to do this within three months. I should be able to do it. It's just a, I think people need to have the realistic expectations too when they start off. And then also when the bigger influencers have to, like they also don't see their following as what they've built. I know, especially with Chelsea, she knows some of the biggest influencers in Boston. So she's always comparing herself to, to them. And I kind of have to take her a step back as part of the management thing and be like, Hey, listen, like look what you've built and not in comparison to them. Like you can do all this stuff already. You've, you've made it that far. So it's a lot of 
even the bigger people still have that same like oh like I feel like I'm not doing enough type mentality sometimes oh yeah I'm sure I mean Instagram is like the ultimate like compare comparative trap thing yeah you're like because you could just see the numbers right there (laughs) yeah even if you have a hundred thousand followers you're you're then looking at the people with a million followers and and if you have a million followers you're looking at people who have four million followers and it's I mean, there's good and bad to that. I think there's something to be said for that motivation and inspiration that comes with it, but it's a slippery slope between that and getting discouraged by it. So that's really important to keep in mind. Yeah. And, and Rob, from like a management standpoint or whatever, but like, do you think, are there certain things to like that kind of differentiate that can differentiate you if you're like looking to, I don't know, just kind of like grow and be one of the people that people are going to like care about and want to follow and, you know, actually like look to as an influencer. Like, are there certain things that you can kind of point people to, like to, to just stand out from maybe other people who have like similar style accounts or something like that? Uh, yeah, just uh, be authentic, be exactly who you are. At some points it might, if you're not doing what, there's certain things that obviously work on, Instagram, a lot of the similar accounts, they look all the same. They're big. But if you try and do that, what are the chances that your account's going to get to that level when there's a, it's already oversaturated like that and you're faking it? You're not going to want to, you're not going to put as much effort into it. You're not going to love it as much. So it's really set yourself apart and just be you because even if it slows you down at the start, over time, you're going to find the the loyal following who who appreciates what you're put, what the content you're putting out there because it's unique to you and no one else is doing it. Yeah, that's good. Are there like male influencers that you work with? I feel like it's so largely skewed female. I'm curious to hear. Really? So, Rob yeah. is always complaining about how they're all, so, there's yeah. no men for him to work with. So I've, I asked her, I was like, is there any, are there any male influencers? Because even if you start searching that on Instagram, it's all, it's mostly guys in the UK that I've seen and they're all like professional, like, they're like models. professional, like model <laughs> shoots, every single picture. And I'm just like, this isn't relatable mm. to guys. Like there's, there's definitely a market there. And we've met a few in Boston that are doing it. And I mean, they have some big accounts. So it's like, it's definitely there, but it's, it's a very female dominated uh, market. And I, I mean, I'm hoping there's more guys that start out and we, I mean, I'm, I just started a blog up hoping to get that going and keep growing that and then figure out, see like, see what I can do with that. And kind of be a I case mean, study. Person, like, you guys can do this person, well. <laughs> Yeah. Case study if, if, uh, if her, if Chelsea's social media consulting can work for, uh, for me, it can work for <laughs> anyone. Good so. You can be like, this is really like how quickly we took it from here to here and what we did for a brand new account, like yeah. in 2019. That's a good point. Well, maybe if there are any, um, any guys out there who have been thinking of starting an account or who have an account that's not taken off yet. So we haven't seen it. Maybe you guys need to check out Royal Horizon Media and sign up for the influencer network. Yes, exactly. There must be brands who are like, we need men to be partnering with and they like, can't find anybody worthwhile. (laughs) Yeah. Cause then then you think about it, like a lot of uh, the brands on the female side are looking now more at influencers versus celebrities. And there's, still like on the, the male marketing side, they're still going to spend the, the huge dollars to go after those. I mean, the actors, uh, athletes and stuff like that. So yeah, there's definitely that's a, such a good point. a market there for someone to, that has a, especially local brands that have like a huge local following. Uh, that's definitely a market there for, for guys with a, a big following in pretty much any city. Yeah, that's really interesting. I hadn't even really thought about it that way before, but that's such a good point. Yeah, guys better get on that. Well, we probably don't have that many listeners because um, this is a female millennial entrepreneur show, but most of, <laughs> most of the girls listening probably know guys who could, uh, who maybe would be good influencers. So you guys should all have, have you know, husbands, boyfriends, friends try to start an Instagram account and see if they uh, can get somewhere with it. Yeah, definitely. Would you say like, if a brand is thinking about working with an influencer, like I know you said smaller ones, sometimes, you know, it's just an exchange for a product, but I just want like one really actionable thing. Like what would be the first thing a brand would do if they hadn't hired you? Like what would be the first thing a brand should do if they're thinking about trying to start working with influencers? 
I would have them research the influencers well that they're looking into because that's one thing that we do. There's a lot out there and there's a lot of information and it's really hard sometimes to decipher who is actually going to get you the results you're looking for in the right way and getting it out to the right people. And for people who have really never done this before, like how do you even do that research? Like where do you look? How do you know what to even be looking for? I mean, it really depends if you're looking for like an Instagram campaign or a blog campaign, things like that. But I think it's just about being in that space. Um, So if you're looking for a social media campaign, it's being on social media, you know, seeing who's big in that space and who has a really engaged community. And it can take a very long time, which is where we come in to like help you because we already know the people there. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I think there's nothing that can sort of replace just being in that space for a while and seeing who has that actual influence rather than just the numbers to boost, to boost themselves and has the real influence to back it up. Uh, Yeah. That brings up a whole other question that we didn't even talk about (laughs) at all. I didn't even ask. (laughs) Yeah. People are like, how do you know if somebody bought the followers or there there are ways to, to kind of suss that out. And a lot of it is like, Again, just being in that space for a long time and being able to tell, oh, that doesn't make sense. That's not right. Like if someone posts a picture and instantly they have 2000 likes on it, that's not how likes work. Like it takes time to build those up over, you know, hours and days. Just knowing little insider tricks like that can really, you know, suss out who is right and who is doing funny things. Yeah. Yeah. That must be something you have to spend time figuring out because, you don't want to connect a brand with someone who's not being authentic. Exactly. And so that's like, luckily we, we know a lot of the players in the game and who is and who isn't. So right off the bat, like we have a database of people that we right. recommend and people who are kind of on our probably don't work with them list. Yeah. That's where it definitely comes in handy to have someone like you guys or like, like to actually know personally the people that you're working with these, who these influencers are. Yeah, there's a lot of like software programs out there that like have databases of them, but they aren't a real person who can give you background information on that person and where they came from and all of that. Yeah. Oh, that's such a good point. Mm -hmm. So how does it work in terms of um, like if a brand or like if somebody who's listening right now, who's a business owner and they might want to work with you, is it like on a per project basis where like depending on how many influencers they're trying to reach out to for this set thing and, and how that much time that's going to take to set that up. Or is it like, like what is the kind of the barrier to entry for like a a small brand? Um, yeah, it'll obviously be customized towards what they're looking for. Similar to almost any other marketing campaign, they need to come, come to us and we figure out what the best course of action is based on their budget uh, what they're looking to accomplish with that project, how many influencers they're hoping to work with. And then we can obviously work with them and be like, well, that's not really a realistic number based on what you're trying to do. Like say if they want to reach, they want to work with 10 influencers, but they have a small, and all of them over 50,000 followers. They have a small budget. We'd be like, this is probably more what you're looking for. And we can point them to the right niche of influencers to focus on like a higher engagement in their own market. Mm. so it's it's stuff like that where it's helping them take their campaign that is probably if they've never worked with influencers before probably more focused on traditional marketing and just kind of figure out a way to morph that into using uh influencers yeah so we have different tiers as well so we can we have a tier where we can just give you a list of influencers that we think would work for your campaign oh awesome here where we can actually do the whole campaign for you from start to finish so it just depends on what you're looking for, um, what your budget is, and and how much you want us to help you achieve those marketing goals with influencers. Okay, cool. Good to know. Yeah. So, okay. So everyone who's listening, if you just like literally are like, who do I reach out to? Like, which influencers would be good to partner with? Yeah. They've got a tier for you. <laughs> <laughs> so even, it sounds like even small businesses or small brands yeah. would like be beneficial to reach out to you and see what, how you help them work together. Yes, exactly. So Chelsea, when you were starting, when you first started Chowd on USA, like what was your, did you have any idea that you were going to grow it into something like this? Or what was kind of your goal there when you first started? So it's really funny. When I first started, I didn't even know that blogging was a thing. 
I originally started to keep track of where me and my friends were eating out at restaurants. Mm-hmm. Um, I was always the person who was taking pictures when we would all go on vacations or trips and things like that. And we started this thing called ABC Dining to get us out of our usual, like going to the same restaurant every time routine, um, where you go to a different restaurant according to the letter of the alphabet. So the first restaurant starts with A, the next week you go someplace that starts with B and so on and so forth. Oh and my gosh, like, that's great. Right? And it, it really works. It gets you out of your like usual places and your routine. But we were like, oh, someone should be documenting this. It would be so cool. And obviously it had to be me because I was the one who would annoyingly take pictures everywhere we went. And so I started that on my Instagram, just my personal Instagram. So actually, if you go back really far and chat on USA, I never started a new Instagram for it. So you'll see my really embarrassing, awful filters if you go all the way back. <laughs> you never um, went through and like deleted all the ones with, uh, I feel like people, I always assume people do that. <laughs> I like some of them, but definitely not all of them. I just like haven't ever gotten around to doing that. I figure no one will scroll back that far. Yeah. Well, now <laughs> we all will. No. <laughs> now we will. So TBD, but. Well, that makes it more authentic, you know, to see exactly. like, you know, you were like a real person at one point who just yeah. like, Yeah, I used to be a real person, guys. (laughs) Yeah, so, and that's how it started. I I was just doing it for fun for me and my friends, and then it kind of, people really liked the food that we were eating, I guess, and it it kind of snowballed a little bit from there. And then I started getting brands reaching out to me at first just to, like, eat in the restaurant and then for paid collabs. And I was like, oh, I didn't realize this was a whole community of people and a whole industry, um, and I can actually get paid for this. And you know, for doing what I love to do. Um, and to basically be that annoyingly like picture happy person. Your friends are probably like, Oh, I should have, I should have been the one to take the picture. <laughs> yeah, I, I think a lot of, I don't know. I don't think that they would like it though. Cause even now when we go on vacation, I'm like, Oh, take a picture of me. Like at Santa Monica pier or whatever. They're like, they roll their eyes and they're like, they're, they're not about that life. I think, which is fine. I feel like you, you kind of have to be a ham to be in that like business a little bit. Yeah. Which I am sometimes. So it works out, but my mom was a photographer actually growing up. So I think I was just used to like being in front of the camera, whether I liked it or not. And so that helped me on that side. Yeah. So how do you always get good pictures? That's such a good question. Like people are always like, you know, how do I, I want to do this, but like, I don't have someone to take pictures of me doing everything I'm doing. (laughs) Yeah. I think it's really important to surround yourself with people who are okay with that. So like some of my friends back home don't want to take those pictures. So I don't, I don't do pictures with them, but there's bloggers who will take it. Um, Rob is good at taking pictures sometimes, you know, making friends with photographers in the area. If I have a really big brand that I have a big campaign with, I will hire a photographer locally just because I'll, I'll want that photo to turn out really well and I'll want it in my portfolio and things like that. And even just your, your phone camera nowadays, they're really good. Um, yeah. So I make sure that that's a priority for me when I'm getting my phone that it, you know, has portrait mode or whatever for, for those good shots. Yeah, totally. And so like, if you go like on a vacation, like you were, Tulum is Mexico, right? I, I know yeah. you were there recently-ish. Like yeah. you get to bring someone with you when they're set. Like, is that part of like what you negotiate when you set that agreement up? You're like, it needs to be for two of us because I need somebody to like be taking my pictures and to be enjoying it like a real, like, you know, yeah. as if it was a regular vacation. Exactly. Yeah. A lot of the time that can be worked in. Um, I actually, so I went to France with like a couple of their tourism boards a couple of years back and I was able to bring a couple of friends to help with the photography there and when I went to Tulum I went with another blogger so that's a really good way you can take pictures of each other and get it you're not annoyed by it and you know the shots that you're trying to get so that's a really good way to like surround yourself with other influencers who get it and who will help you and support you take those pictures yeah that's such a good point and then it makes sense for the brand too because they're getting Mm -hmm. twice the posts because you're going to be posting on yours and she posted on or they posted on theirs too double yeah and I think that's what the industry is all about and that's what we're trying to bring to the table is kind of like having a mutually beneficial agreement that benefits both the brand and the influencer and there's there's a middle ground where both sides can come out of it happy um it's just about kind of finding that I think and that's where 
as the industry matures, we're trying to figure out how to, how to do that the right way. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone's learning as they go. Yeah, exactly. And it's, it's ever changing too. I think every year the landscape is a little different, which is, it's kind of exciting, but it is like a learning curve for everyone too. Yeah, totally. Yeah, you're gonna have to stay up with, you know, educating yourselves with how it's working for your your stuff and how it's working with for everyone else's. And like, just, I don't know, probably what things are going on in different cities and, you know, different areas to just always stay up with how it's all changing and growing. Yeah, exactly. Which is fun. Yeah. I mean, it all sounds like, it all sounds like fun. <laughs> yeah. It sounds like a fun business to be in. It's a fun industry for sure. And I think it's, just, it's also cool because we're kind of paving the way as we go, all of us. So it's just making that a good place going forward. Yeah. So what do you, um, like as newish business owners, well, I mean, do you consider your account, like chat on USA, like that's been your business for at least the past several years, right? Even if you didn't consider it for the first like yeah. year. When yeah, you- it is. And that's, that's a big thing we worked on with the management side too, actually is like thinking of it in that way. Cause a lot of times I think for most people too, it starts as just a hobby and something fun you're doing. And at some point it kind of switches into a business and you're getting paid for it. And yeah, it's like merges. over. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's a mindset shift. So I've only recently been really thinking about chat on USA as a business as well. And now with Royal horizon, that's, that's obviously like a, a business in itself. So, yeah. Yeah. I was going to say as like new business owner and then I was, <laughs> then I was catching myself. Well, I think of it the same way. Yeah. No, I totally know what you mean. It's, it's funny. It's funny how people view that. I'm the same with it. Yeah. So have you had to, have you had to like figure out new strategies for just kind of like relaxing and decompressing at the end of the day? Like now you just have so many things going on. Like, are there any like little things that you do just as a business owner to, to stay like happy and healthy and not get overwhelmed with everything you're doing? <laughs> um, I think that's a really good point. I think that is something that everyone needs and mm-hmm. I have been not good about. Um, I <laughs> think that's why I ask. I'm always curious <laughs> to hear if anybody has any good ideas that I should be implementing personally. I think, well, it's like, I feel like I know what I'm supposed to be doing and I'm sure you do too. And everyone does. It's just about taking action on them. Like I know I should be going to the gym still and I should be eating right and I should be sleeping eight hours a night and I'm doing like zero of those things because <laughs> I don't have time. I totally get it. I appreciate your honesty. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes you'd be like, well, I have this like 45 minute morning routine and then like, no, you don't. evening I'll take a bubble bath. And <laughs> like, no, you don't. Or you do that once a week. Like I, I'm not buying that. But you should. Like we all should. And it's just taking the time to do that. I mean, Rob was meditating today. Oh, yeah? Very impressed by. So maybe we need to all learn from Rob. Rob, do you have anything that, like that? that you, do you try to do that regularly? Uh, I've tried to start getting into it. Um, trying to set up a more set schedule. It's uh, been harder since I quit my previous job and then started starting this up. So it's kind of like when you're sitting there all day, like working, going back and forth between stuff and like hard to keep a set schedule there when you're not like at an office being there from nine to five is really easy. Cause you leave, leave home, go to work, come home, then you're done. Right. It's like you have a routine, whether it's like exciting or not. Like, yeah, but like <laughs> here is- it's hard. I've got, I've tried to start going to the gym at the same time every day and like read for an hour at a certain point, just to take a break from doing work and still, still have that being a productive time instead of, you know, watching Netflix because then mm-hmm. one episode turns into three and then all of a sudden you're not doing anything for the entire afternoon. So it's uh, yeah. definitely like, it's a tough thing to get into, but I think once you get into that set schedule and you find something that works for you, then it's a lot, it'll help things go a lot smoother for everything. Yeah. I think it's, it's good to try to like have some kind of structure, <laughs> but yeah. it's definitely hard to set it up. And, and I think like, you don't need that. There doesn't need to be pressure to like have it be the same all the time for like years in a row. Like it changes it, you know, as, as your needs change and your, you know, whatever you're working on, like changes and grows too. But yeah, that's so true. And I think like we've all said, it's just about like setting it up. That's the hardest part. And once you get yeah. into the routine of it, 
then it becomes a lot easier. Yeah, totally. I think it all sounds really exciting. I'm so excited to kind of follow you guys with Royal Horizon Media for the next couple months and see what's happening as it grows. Thank you. Oh, there's one thing that I always try to ask people um, also, which is just, is there like anything, I know you guys are still pretty new with Royal Horizon Media, but is there one thing that you wish you had known more about when you first began the business or Chelsea, if you want to say like when you first started Chow Down USA, like, is there one thing you wish you had known more about that other people might benefit from too? Um, I feel like for me, it's just having that mindset of treating it like a business and taking it seriously and and talking about it in that way, even when you talk to other people about it and, and like not be afraid to be confident in your business and in yourself and having that like public speaking ability to explain it to other people properly. I think that took me a while to be able to do. Yeah. Just be able to like verbalize it in a way that makes sense to people because they need to be able to know what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah. And I feel like at least for me, like I've been like just my personality is to like not I don't know, to kind of be humble and like not want to like say, oh, this is so great about, you know, something about me. But when it comes to your business, you can't be like that. Right. You, know, you have to be confident about it and you have to own it and you should and you should be proud of it. And so I think it's learning to do that for yourself is so important. Yes, I love that. That's a great, that's a great note to end on. <laughs> um, awesome. Okay, so tell people how they can find you. Like, where should they look for you online if they either just want to connect with you because they think you sound awesome and they want want to build some kind of relationship personally, or if they want to actually find Royal Horizon Media and and think about getting involved or learning more. Yeah. So I would go to royalhorizonmedia.com. Um, so we have a page on there for influencers to join our network and for brands. There's a form on there as well for you to reach us there. And then my personal Instagram is Chow Down USA. You can always be reached on there as well. I kind of toggle back and forth. So I think those are the two easiest ways to reach out. Awesome. Okay, cool. Thank you guys so much for being on today. Yes, thank you so much for having us. This was so fun. I think this was really helpful. I think that like people are going to have loved being able to hear all of these kind of insider, insider tricks and information on this type of stuff. So I really, really appreciate it. And I'll definitely be following along and, and seeing what you guys have up your sleeves for the next couple months. Perfect. I know. We're excited to see where it goes. So thank you for your support on it. Thank you. Nice to talk to you. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe to the Female Millennial Entrepreneur Podcast so you won't miss the next episode and leave a review on iTunes with your favorite takeaway from this episode. Also, don't be shy to get in touch with me or anyone you heard on the show. We're all about connecting and our Instagram handles and other links are always in the show notes and we're always happy to hear from you with thoughts, ideas, or even suggestions of someone you'd love to hear me talk to on the show. You can also submit guests online at polinapr.com slash podcast. Lastly, please drop a comment on the post for this episode on the podcast Instagram at Female Millennial Entrepreneurs to let me know you listened. Tune in next time.